this week on Ace on the House. We're all relatively good-looking, able-bodied white guys. Yeah. Let's get a band going where we talk about being strong, being white, and being empowered and being a dude. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, don't let the sack hold you back. Yeah, that'll that's be it. the name of that. Tuck be our the sack time. back. Tuck yeah. the sack. Don't let the sack hold you back. Just because we're white dudes, Come on, ladies. Mean we can't achieve. And we try yeah. to tell all the other white dudes in the middle ages yeah. over there that they can do whatever they want. Whatever. And if someone tries to tell them no, they don't listen. You know man. what? You're, you're winners. Mm-hmm. You know that you're winners. Everyone's people. a winner, and don't let your old lady slow you down. No. And don't let the man. No, oh, man, not going to keep me down. Don't let the woman yeah. or the black man tell you you can't, because you can. Check out an all-new episode of Ace on the House this Saturday, or visit aceonthehouse.com, only on the Ace Broadcasting Network. You're listening to the Ace Broadcasting Network. Hey everyone. Hi. Hello. It's me, Allison Rosen, your new best friend. And welcome to Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Today is going to be a stupendous episode. And I feel like I announced that at the beginning of every episode. And thus far, I have not disappointed myself. My guest today is Lisa Lillian, who you might better know as Hungry Girl. She's a New York Times bestselling author, a number of books, have been bestsellers on the New York Times uh, list, and she hosts a, a show on the Cooking Channel, Cooking Network, Food Network's Cooking Channel, right? Cooking Channel, and they also aired on Food Network. Okay, season one was on Cooking Channel, season two was on Food Network, and now they air on both. Awesome, and she sends out a hugely popular daily email list. Email a daily email, yeah. Last, mm-hmm. okay. Um, and now you call yourself a foodologist, yes? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, I don't like walk around saying, "Hey, I'm a foodologist." <laughs> what are you? But I did. I mean, I jokingly called myself a foodologist back in 2004, and it's because I'm obsessed with food. I'm not a doctor or a mm-hmm. dietitian or a registered dietitian or a anything food related. Nothing medical. So I was like, "Well, what am I? I'm, I'm a foodie. I'm a foodologist because mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with food." Okay. And and the name Hungry Girl, where'd that come from? You know, I, a lot of people ask me that and it just popped into my brain one day. And because I couldn't get it out of my head, that's why I launched Hungry Girl. Because I'm truly an idea person. I always mm-hmm. have – I will have literally 10 ideas a day and I'm like, I should do this. I should do that. And I was working for Warner Brothers at the time. But when the name just went into my head, I couldn't get it out and I said, I have to launch this. What I love, and I, I want to get to the fact that you worked at Warner Brothers because I want to find out how you went from being, you know, you were an ex- executive, right, mm-hmm. to yeah. uh, a foodologist. <laughs> but I first I have to blow some smoke up your butt. Um, what I love about you and about all your ideas and, and everything you put out is that, like someone like me, I've been dieting, seriously, it feels like my whole life. Like I went on my first diet when I was uh, – the summer between fifth grade and sixth grade. Like, it's really just Me been... Too. Really? Same thing. It's constant. It was just calorie restriction. Well, that's always, that's always what I do. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, and it's a long story, like all the, the peaks and valleys of me and food and, and my weight and everything. But I feel like I know everything about dieting. I, like, you could mention a food and I can tell you the calories in it. I know all the tricks. So if someone's just going to come out and be like, yeah, you should just use applesauce instead of this. I'm like, I, I could... T- 
I could tell you that in my sleep. But I learn all sorts of things from you because you come up with such creative and inventive ways to put ingredients together, things that I wouldn't think of. Like whenever I look at one of your recipes, I always think it seems like a professional chef put or, or molecular gastronomist put this together. <laughs> well, I mean, the funny thing is, is that I use a lot of products that you find in the supermarket or that you already have in the fridge or in your pantry mm-hmm. because I am not really a chef. That's another thing. Like the fact that I have so many best-selling cookbooks is crazy. The fact that I mean, I'm going to get I'm going to give you some backstory here. Yes, please. When I got married, my mother-in-law said to my now husband, "Lisa is great. The only thing wrong with her is that she can't cook." <laughs> that will give you an idea of like in the next thing you know, I had never really even cooked dinner for my husband and there's extra at my house, you know, shooting me in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So it just goes to show you that the stuff that I do is simple. It's just about food assembly. I was always good at tasting something, wanting to replicate that taste and seeing products and knowing what would make the food tastes like a high-calorie food. What was the first thing that you replicated? Gary, can you put the time on? Um, yeah, what was the first thing that you – we're very thing? loose around here. Very Sometimes loose. I just say things to Gary that have nothing to do with the show. <laughs> nice nice shirt. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, uh, that shirt is gorgeous. That's twice in the last four episodes. I'm really bad. In my defense, it is up there, just stopped at zero. Right. It's it's imparting so much information. <laughs> I don't see it. Oh, no, it's, anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can't see it. You you hide it from the guests. I understand. <laughs> it's okay. So the first thing I ever made, this is a good question. This is so funny. I made a twice-baked potato. Mm-hmm. And this was like years ago when I lived in New York. I was like, oh, I want to have a baked potato and I want to make it taste really good. And so I put like a slice of fat-free cheese in it and a little bit of light butter and some other stuff. And like I took it out and I mashed it and I put it back and then I baked it. And I was like, wow. And then I added up how many calories I saved. And I was like, that was pretty good. But that was a bazillion years ago. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest like aha moment was when I discovered those tofu shirataki noodles. Yes. That was amazing. How did you find them? I found them. That was also a funny story. I was like affiliated with a local – this was after I launched Hungry Girl. Okay. And there was like a store, local store right here in Sherman Oaks. It was like a diety type store. And I walked in there and I – they were interested in Hungry Girl and said, could you pick some products that we can say are Hungry Girl approved right on the shelves? And we can put them online too. And I said, sure. And, And they had sent me a link to look at their page that had all the products that I picked. And on that page were these bizarre-looking noodles. Mm-hmm. And I went back to the store and I said, I don't know what these noodles are, but take them off the page immediately. They're and frightening. And they smell like farts. And Well, I had, I, I've never seen them, them okay, or touched them. not them yet. <laughs> so they, he's like, you'll love these noodles. Try them. Take them home. So I took them home. I did not sniff them. Like, I didn't immediately... Cut you know, them. <laughs> yeah, I just rinsed them and followed the directions and immediately threw, like, a wedge of laughing cow cheese on them and was like, oh, my God, this is... 80-calorie fettuccine Alfredo. Wow. So they are made of tofu and yam flour. They're found at traditional Japanese markets, but now more mainstream supermarkets carry them. They have 40 calories a bag, and they're a great pasta swap. Don't sniff them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're something, and I want to ask if you have this too, where when I taste them, I'm like these – I become distrustful of the calorie count. I'm not saying that that that's a false calorie count, but there are certain things where it's like it just tastes like it's too satisfying for it to truly be this low calorie. I agree with you, and those actually have been taken to a lab. Oh my Sometimes gosh, that actually I makes me feel better. To a lab. You know, <laughs> totally safe. There are things that I've personally taken to a lab a lot. 
Oh, I'm like a crazy person. In fact, why I started all of this was one day I was eating these pastries from this place in Montrose. I, I shouldn't name it, but whatever. Um, I won't, but people can find it because they specialize in low-calorie pastries. And I just Low-cal Montrose pastries and Shop and Incorporated. <laughs> <laughs> so I took – I was like, I don't know if I believe this. I had lost a whole bunch of weight. And I, I said they taste too good to be true. And I took them to a lab that was like an hour and a half away and spent about $700 of my own money. And they had twice as many calories as they were supposed to. Uh, did so, you go then back to Montrose Locale Pastry Shop and Brothers Incorporated and tell them? No. I feel terrible. I just launched Hungry Girl. I said, okay. Well, I that said, was a better thing. You I think it was a better thing. That way. But I stopped eating them. Yeah. I missed them. <laughs> now, were, what about good. in supermarkets? Do you believe the posted calorie counts? Well, for the most part, I do. But here's the thing, and I've taken things to a lab time and time again. There are a few things that we can talk about. One, the FDA allows food companies to be 20% off. So if something, Yeah, that's a lot, That's a lot. I agree. So if they say something has 100 calories, there is a chance it has 80 or 120. Wow. So always think about that. But I have found that anything that comes to you from a large corporation, whether it's like a Kraft or Nabisco, General Mills, those are pretty darn accurate. Mm-hmm. And then all the stuff that comes from the mom and pop companies, you know, those are all, yeah, those are the ones I'm, the I always store. wonder about. They're like the or like the supernatural type right. something, or they're exactly. where it's like it tastes too good to be 83 calories. Right, and it's like a tremendous cookie, and yeah. they say it's some bizarre number of like 83 calories, mm-hmm. 0.75 grams of fat. Right, those I have found to be grossly misleading and off. The other thing that trips me up sometimes is knowing that like if if a serving is under five calories, then they can say it's zero, right? Exactly, yes. Is that what it is, under five? Under five. So like a packet of Splenda or a packet Mm -hmm. of Equal, they say it's zero calorie sweetener, it's it's four calories. Yeah. So that's misleading. Same with all those like... Or the butter sprays, which are actually a great... I know you use them a lot and they're a great ingredient, but if you tear through a bottle, like that's a lot. I know women who like open the top and pour it all over their broccoli, which, by the way, doesn't taste good when you mm-hmm. eat that much of it. No, but, that so sure like, <laughs> but the I'm bottle so sure has like... But the bottle has like... I can't remember now. I don't want to I think it's 900 it, but it's like 900 calories. Right. Yeah. It's something like 900 calories. And then um, there's this... What is it called? It's some kind... Oh, it's called foam. Have you tried that? Yes. Wait, the cappuccino foam? Yes. yes. What do you think of that? I liked it. It's really sweet. I mean, that's something... I mean, well, I yeah, like they make They make though. sweet and then they make unsweetened too. Oh, okay. I think. They do. But it's I like, like it. it's a it's a uh, whipped dairy topping. I that, like it because it, I pretend it's whipped cream and yeah. I love whipped cream. Oh, see, I do too. But that's like a thing where it's I, – I will eat too much of it. Right. Like I could eat a whole can of fat-free mm-hmm. ready whip. Yeah. Oh, well, that's only 200 Easily. calories. See? Right. I know. But it could be <laughs> how much? 240. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you never know. That's true. I've done that. I've, yeah. been, I've been there. Wait. So what are, are – are there things that you have trouble controlling yourself around? Yeah. And that's – this is what I was going to say. When you started talking about dieting – I think the key to success is not finding like being on a diet or finding a diet plan that you can stick with and really follow strictly. It's about avoiding your trigger foods forever and ever and ever. What if all foods are your trigger foods? That, I'm just kidding. I don't believe you. No. I, but it, yeah. it, it's true. I mean for me, I could live on bread. and Yes. For me, it's carbs. Yeah. I can Chips. Mm-hmm. A bag of chips. If it's two servings or 22 servings, I could eat the whole thing. Right. And I just don't. I don't go near them. I don't eat sandwiches. I don't really eat bread. Mm-hmm. I, I have to now for my job taste all the recipes and develop a lot of recipes and work with flatbreads and tortillas. Right. But in my real life, I don't eat them very often. So, like, but in they're your, good for others. In your real life kitchen, do you not have bread and buns and all those things? I keep those things in the freezer and I use them sparingly. 
and I do have them every once in a while. I right. really truly live by the 80-20 rule, and 80% of the time I'm avoiding things that I should be avoiding, and then 20% I'm playing around. Mm-hmm. Like I love Mastro's, the restaurant. They have pretzel bread. That's yes. just to die for. I'm, I could. I feel like at Mastro's, the bread basket alone could just be dinner, and uh, maybe 100%. should be. Yeah. The pretzel bread especially. Yes. The pretzel bread is amazing. It's... I was there last weekend, and as the guy came up with the bread, somebody at the table said – Go ahead and take that back and just bring us a full basket of pretzel bread. That's what we do. Was it me? <laughs> no, but I try. I, I do that and then I just stare at it and make everyone at the table eat it. I'm really not. It's not great because it's like I'm a, I'm, I am who I am. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I'm like, you eat that. I don't want to eat it. Oh, yeah. No, I do. You I'm, do I'm trying thing. to fatten up my boyfriend because we'll be like we were at Whole Foods the other day and they had samples of the tiny little pieces of pizza. So I took a bite and then I just I, I usually like I'll take a sample of a sample or whatever and then give him the rest. Yeah, that's good. Um, I, mean, I, I still again, you have to not I, I don't believe it's a great idea to avoid everything and be really militant about what you eat all the time. I feel like you just have to find that balance. Right. So that's what I try to do. Now, do you feel, because you are known as Hungry Girl, do you feel, and especially now with a, with a television show, do you feel pressure to look a certain way? I feel pressure to, I mean, I just like for me to keep my weight within five pounds. Mm-hmm. I let myself go up and down five pounds, and that's pretty much it. But I do feel the pressure is more like, are people watching what I'm eating? Whenever I go out for dinner, they're like, I'm going to order after she orders. Or I don't want to eat this in front of you. You're hungry, girl. And right. that's the – that's – I don't love that. That's one uh-huh. thing I wish I could change because I, you, if I go out to eat, chances are you'll see me grabbing a piece of pretzel right. bread or sticking a fork into a creme brulee or something every uh, now and then. That's a fork because you can't pick up as much or <laughs> – Okay, a fork <laughs> into a pie. Jeez. Well, no, no, no. I thought maybe this was some trick. It was not a strategy. I don't eat I my – I thought – I mean, hey, I'll care. <laughs> yes, I recommend eating lobster bisque with a fork. <laughs> See, that's, that's my just strategy. Um, well, I, I used to be a, a – I used to write about music and my friends would uh, – every now and then people would say to me that they didn't want to tell me what kind of music they listened to because they assumed I was judging them. And that couldn't have been further from the truth. So – yeah, same I can relate thing. to the whole people thinking that you must be judging them even though you're not. Yeah. I mean, I remember the first time I was recognized. It was a couple of years ago and I was at an Italian restaurant and I happened to have ordered like a grilled chicken salad with dressing on the side. It could not have been more Hungry Girl approved and Hungry uh-huh. Girl friendly. And she walked up to the table and she was like, wow, look, you really do practice what you preach. And I was <laughs> like, yes. I so easily could have been just doing something awful, but right. I wasn't. Do you get recognized a lot? In New York more than L.A. I think in L.A. everybody is mm-hmm. way famous. <laughs> and I like to, you know, recognize people, but people don't, for the most part, don't know who I am here. Right. Well, and, and also a lot of the, uh, you know, if you search Hungry Girl, I think your, the, the cartoon version of you will come up yes. before an actual picture of you. That is true. So, so tell me how you went from being, you worked in media and in TV specifically, right? I worked in TV. Um, I worked for Nickelodeon for many years. And then Warner Brothers, and I was producing online back mm-hmm. then. It was like right when online was emerging, and I was executive producing Nick at Night and TV Land Online. Then I moved out to L.A. and was working for Nickelodeon and then moved over to Warner Brothers, was producing online, and then dabbled in some TV production. And then just – I think it was when we had this like corporate evaluation where mm-hmm. they have this like corporate therapist who comes in. And oh, geez. I've only seen have that. Have you heard about that? I've never – Yes, but I think I've heard about it as a plot device in 
TV shows. I don't think I've, I know, I didn't realize they actually do this. It, they, some companies do this, and they had, it was like a, a series of interviews with people I reported to and people who reported to me. And this guy said, Well, well everybody said you should be more entrepreneurial and, and not to push you out because I think your boss would be upset, but why don't you have your own business? And I said, Because I always talk myself into and out of ideas all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I don't know. And then it was like a week after that that Hungry Girl just popped into my head and I couldn't get it out. Wow. Yep. And what were you doing, uh, you know, at, at Warner Brothers? Say? At Warner Brothers, I was um, VP of New Media. And so I was overseeing all the web properties for a lot of the the daytime shows. And the, it was before reality was like everything. Mm-hmm. We had just launched The Bachelor. And I think Ellen and Rosie were on the air and Sharon Osbourne. So I was I was overseeing all the web production for all of those shows. Did you enjoy that? I did. It was fun. It was, you know, it was it was fun. Do you, do you feel like your experience doing all that helped you uh, with the business part of Hungry Girl? Because you definitely had a web presence for a long time. Yeah, I mean, the web stuff, I feel like to this day, I'm like really great at understanding how people use the web and you and what and what's good about certain websites and navigation and, and how much time, energy and effort you should spend building X, Y or Z. I did spend a lot of time analyzing a lot of these portals that mm-hmm. big companies were spending millions of dollars to build. Right. And I thought, well, they're going to lose a lot of money. And boy, isn't Gazuntite.com, the allergy portal, a really bad idea? Because <laughs> no one knows because, how to uh, Well, A, and B, yeah. how many people, I mean, do you really need a whole entire huge community of, about allergies? Right. I don't know. So no. I, see, I saw a lot of that, and that's why I thought, well, if I launch it, Hungry Girl, it's it's with a small amount of content every day for a large number of people. Mm-hmm. It would be cheap and easy, and to start it as an email would be better so people could share the information instead right. of having to remember to go to a website. So it would just come to you instead of you going to the website. And then how did the television show come about? Many, many, many years later. Like I started Hungry Girl in 2004 and then did that, and the books came in 2008. They started. And then the TV show started, I think we started – shooting it in 2010 mm-hmm. so that that was way way late i used to be petrified of tv back in the early days yeah i was gonna say well my, what i was gonna ask is was having a tv show always part of the plan you know it i always thought about it but it wasn't necessarily part of the plan because i was afraid to go down that road i thought well what if it's not what i want it to be what if the brand's not established yet i'm always like i'm overly cautious about everything mm-hmm. and pretty strategic so i i you know I thought about it. I always thought books would definitely be part of the plan, though. Right. And which was the first book you did? Was that? It was uh, Hungry Girl um, Recipes and Survival Strategies for uh, Guilt-Free Eating in the Real World. Mm-hmm. It's a mouthful. It's the green one. Okay. And then was 200 Under 200 the next that one? That was the next okay. one. Okay. Though they're in order right here. And they then Chew the Right Thing? Yeah. Well, that's a recipe card set that I brought oh. for you. Oh, cool. Oh, yes, I know. There's this... You brought me a bag of gifts that I'm so excited about, and I was going to uh, open it up and look at it on air, but then I got uh, antsy. Not antsy. I got uh, sword. Excited. Happy. Oh, my God. It's a very obvious word. It's an obvious word. Hungry? Hungry? Impatient. (laughs) (laughs) Distracted, yes. Impatient. And I peeked in before, but I'm still going to look at the rest of it um, on air. And then Hungry Girl 123, the the easiest, most delicious guilt-free recipes on the planet. Then Hungry Girl Happy Hour. Yeah, that's in there too. That's yes. a good one. There we go. Cocktails. Oh, thank you. And then 300 under 300, uh, yeah. which is 300 recipes under 300 calories. Mm-hmm. And, and But then I read that you're not going to do a 400 under 400. No. Because it's just too much. Jumped right to 1,000 under 1,000. 
<laughs> it's like an encyclopedia. No, but the next book, it's mm-hmm. called Hungry Girl to the Max, and it has 650 recipes. And that'll wow. be out in the fall. It's huge. You're going to need, like, a friend to pick it up. Gary's going to have to help you carry it. <laughs> so what – I feel like you, you probably get this question sometimes. But uh, what what do you eat in a given day, let's say? I'm pretty boring, actually, mm-hmm. when I'm when I'm home. If I travel, it, it definitely changes. But I will always start my day with, like, eggs in a mug, which it's like a signature Hungry Girl thing. It's right. like egg beaters in a bowl or a mug with Laughing Cow cheese. And I eat a full cup of egg beaters with, like, one wedge of Laughing Cow. And I have fruit. I have an apple every day, usually a banana. Um, I eat a lot of salad. I eat a lot of grilled chicken and I eat sushi like five times a week. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm kind of boring with my, my regular eating. But at the same time, we're always in recipe development. So when I'm at work, sometimes I'll just taste recipes and that's and instead of having lunch, I'll, I will have tasted like seven recipes. How does recipe development work? Um, it's really kind of fun and interesting. I mean, now I have a whole staff of people who mm-hmm. help me and we brainstorm a lot and develop things and it's a lot of trial and error and it's it's amazing. Is there ever like biting into something and being like, oh, and then spitting it out? Does it ever really miss the mark? <laughs> Not with the recipe development, but definitely with the foods that are sent. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people send me things to taste and possibly review. Right. Because that's how it all started. I was just reviewing other people's products. And there are definitely things that I have spit out. Or I'll taste it and say, this tastes like a foot. <laughs> this tastes like a Band-Aid. This tastes like a candle. You know, like a lot of things just taste disgusting. And I'm like, literally, I, my favorite meeting was when I sat down with a bunch of executives. They wanted to work with me on a beverage, developing a beverage. And I sat at the table and tasted it. And it was the most horrendous thing I had ever tasted. And I just looked what, at it. Foot, Band-Aid? What it, was it? Inexplicably disgusting. It wasn't even – a foot would taste better. <laughs> I looked at the guys across the table and I said, I, I don't mean to be disrespectful. Do any of you at this table like the way this tastes? And they were like, no, no, no. I'm like, and I wonder, like, sometimes we get pitched products that are, like, just really disgusting. Right. And I'm like, does anybody taste this stuff? Mm-hmm. Because it's sort of like when you see something awful on TV and you're like, that. Did anyone watch this? Right. Did they anyone put it on? watch it? Didn't anyone yeah. give notes? I know. So that I mean, that's also why I think Hungry Girl is successful because I think I have pretty good taste buds, and if mm-hmm. I say something tastes good, people tend to trust that because it does taste good. Is there anything that you have an aversion to? You mean in general? Like uh, food, uh, food, food wise. I mean, I no, not really. I mean, there are things I like more than others, but a lot of the foods I used to hate as a child, I like now. I like olives. I used to hate them. I used mm-hmm. to hate mustard. I love it. I, I don't love celery, but I don't hate it. Right. It's okay. Okay. So, and now this is me just using you as my own personal source of information. With sushi, that's one where I never know, is this as locale as I think it is or as I want it to be? Uh, what's your take on going, going out to sushi if you're sushi, trying to watch it? I feel like it's the same advice that I give people in general. Mm-hmm. When you look at something, you know. So if you get dynamite and you see it's all creamy and mayo-y, you know right. that's not a good choice. If something but if is it's... loaded with rice, not okay. the best choice. If it's got a lot of oil, not the best choice. So with sushi, I tend to stick with sashimi or I get the nigiri pieces. Yeah. But I either get light rice or you even eat half the rice even when I order it with mm-hmm. light rice. Because think about it. You're getting a little, you know, a half ounce piece of tuna. Right. Or if that, maybe a quarter ounce on a little bit of rice. And that's very low in calories. So sushi can be a great option. Sunamono salad is great. Miso soup is great. You just have to watch out for like the crunch, crunch this or the tempura and right. the dynamite and all right. the stuff all you the know. All the mayo-y, crunchy, f- 
fried bit. Maybe yeah. not fried, but yeah, it's well, no it's tempura fried. is fried. Tempura yeah, is fried. yeah. Okay, yeah, because I, I had seared ono recently, and it was it tasted so good and so rich um, that it made me wonder. I don't know if they're searing it in some kind of oil. I feel like whatever it, the flavor was, it was more than just the fish on the rice. It might it might have had oil, but anyway. So, but so, I love sushi. I know it's the best. I do too. Oh, yes. You, you on Facebook, you post about watching movies on the treadmill, yes? Yes. But these days, it's really bad reality TV. Oh, what shows are you watching? I'm addicted to everything this season. Okay. American Idol, The Voice, Fashion Star, all of the above. And I watch Smash, too. Mm-hmm. It's, they're all really – they're things that I would never watch unless I was on the treadmill. Will you only watch reason. if you're on the treadmill? That's the only time I really watch TV, except before we go to sleep. My husband and I watch Pawn Stars. Mm-hmm. So you have a treadmill in your home. Yes. And how, how often do you work out? Every day, every morning and sometimes twice a day because I want to catch up on the TV shows. For like for how long? Usually at least an hour a day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes wow. if I can, I could do a second hour, but I don't run. I just walk. Mm-hmm. I can't run. Knees? Do you run? No. I just Hell can't. No. I can't. I, I would die. <laughs> oh, no. I tried. I'm, yeah. Like, I'll be on the treadmill and I'll, and I'll be walking. I'll make it, you know, so fast that I'm having trouble keeping up walking. And then I'll think, maybe I'll jog a little. And, so, and then I'll do that. And I'll do that for I don't know how long. Not very long. And I definitely could not keep up a conversation with a person next to me, like all the women's magazines say you're right. supposed to while jogging. Jog. And then, yeah. And then I'll, uh, you know, it'll begin, like, I'll be like, he, uh, breathing so hard that my throat will start hurting and then I'll stop and that whole thing will have been really I, I like probably less fewer than five minutes or something mm-hmm. uh, and then I'll think if I can just make myself do it more often eventually I'll be one of these people who can run long distances or those people that get on the treadmill and set it for 45 minutes and run the whole time I, I I'm just I, not one of them I just can't do it I feel like I've tried to run and mm-hmm. I do the same thing that you do and I think the most I've ever run for is like three minutes I can't I just can't yeah. do it and then I would not work out so right. rather than set myself up for failure, I'd rather just say, okay, this is what I do. Now, why can't we, though? Is it because of our hips? I want to say yes. I don't like know. The, like bone structure or something? Because I feel like runners um, oh, are really have super a different narrow? – Well, it's a – and by the way, I didn't, I didn't mean to say – that was not a comment about your hips. It was more no, just no, us as runners, you know. Yeah. And I think that there's like that endomorph, exomorph, something other – like the way the – way, um, I have really short legs. Is, I don't know. Maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah. My legs are I'm going to go with that as well for The me. legs of a ferret. <laughs> Speaking of uh, woodland creatures, you have a pet rabbit, yes? Yes. I have bunnies and a cat. And your rabbit – I've seen your rabbit maybe you, in well, videos or – Yeah. Cookie was our bunny. She oh. lived for 10 years and she oh, passed away a, in That's a good lifespan for a rabbit. She's amazing. She was like our child. That's a, thank you. <laughs> she was the best. She was amazing. And now we have Cupcake. Okay. She's very cute. What well. kind of rabbit? My husband these? calls her not as good as Cookie. Aww. That's her nickname. <laughs> I know that's mean. No, she's a great she's great too. She's mm-hmm. they're she's white with like orange apricot ears. Bunnies are like I always thought bunny people were strange, mm-hmm. but bunnies are cool. I had a rabbit in college uh named Elliot, that's but so then cute. we learned that Elliot was a she, so then my friend tried to start uh Shelliot. But it didn't work. Ellie. Though that would have been cute. 
But I go just, back. I just went. I now went back with Elliot. <laughs> I, d- I tried to toilet train her him. Oh yeah, they're easy to litter box train. Are you, did you do that with your rabbits? Have, it didn't work for me. Cupcake can, yeah, but she lives in a big bunny mansion. Like we don't oh. let her run around the house because we have too much stuff, and she would chew right. up the wires. And right. Stuff. Yes. She, yeah, it's dangerous. My rabbit ate the four button on my remote control. <laughs> So you couldn't watch NBC? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That it was awful. It's <laughs> one of my favorite channels. No Apprentice for you. Oh, I'm watching Celebrity Apprentice too. Oh, you are? you are. watching that? Um, well, once Adam got kicked off, I, oh. I didn't stay with it that much. But I do occasionally see it. Who's wow, still that on? Although that's going to – yeah, no, who's Teresa still on? Teresa's still on and Arsenio and Clay Aiken and, you know, it's interesting. There's a lot of fighting. Lisa Lampanelli's yes. still on. She's – yeah, there's a lot of like, whoa – do you have any idea who you think is going to win? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, what's her name? Aubrey O'Day is like the one that everybody hates this year. She's, she's out nuts. of control. She's not. She is. You know, she's she's not – she's pretty smart, but she's not nearly as smart as she thinks, thinks she, she is. is. Right. And she is a little like – I don't know. that. Did you see when Arsenio skewered her like two weeks ago? I did. And, and let me clarify. I, I don't think she's not smart. There's a difference between – Smart and nuts. She's oh, you just, think she's just nuts? she's just crazy. I think she's crazy. But uh, she's self-absorbed. I'll give her yeah. that. Uh, she's like one of these super reality show people who's famous for, real- well, for I guess reality. For reality, kind of like that. There's too, a lot of people like that. Yeah. I think in a couple of weeks you might get to hear producer Gary's voice on that show. Oh, really? Okay. So, so Gary went to New York while Adam was there doing Apprentice. To did you go there specifically to record podcasts while he was there? Yeah, I was there to produce a podcast, and ironically, the thing that that may make it into the show uh, happened after I got back when Adam. So Adam came back from New York after he was done with Apprentice, and then subsequently went back to film one final you know series of things for the end of the show, and in that course of time, he needed some of us from this company ace broadcasting to do some stuff for the uh i love how cagey you're trying to be this is awful i've said stuff seven times in the last sentence but basically he needed us to help him with a task and in the course of it he called me and apparently they recorded that and they were just telling me that it they just hit me up for a clearance, and they're telling me it's going to be in That's one so of cool. the episodes. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited. I'll yell okay. at the TV and say, yay, Gary. <laughs> yay, Gary. Well, so who's going to win? Is it Clay Aiken? I don't think so. You know, Pen- I actually uh, don't know. Pen? Pen Gillette? I actually – I don't know. I, I mean, Adam must know, but I haven't asked him because I feel like it would put both of us in an awkward position. He's not allowed to tell you. No, I know, which is why I'm not going to ask. And then if you told on him, he could get in a lot of trouble. I know. Don't ask. Gary's turned away. Makes Gary, me knows. Gary, Gary knows. Gary knows. Gary oh knows. God, he knows. He knows. Gary, turn around. Do you You're know? You're a bad liar. Is it Clay Aiken? I'm a bad liar. That's true. I'm a bad liar. You know, don't liar. you? I don't know. He I, does. He's I, lying. I can I, tell. I, His... don't, I do not know. Why are I your eyebrows twitching? I know. I, I know. Why are you turning red? To a certain number of people <laughs> who it could be. Okay. By the way, I didn't think Debbie Gibson deserved to go. Did you? Oh, I agree with that. She uh, should have stayed. Yeah. Let's talk about the fact that Debbie Gibson in person, I think, is hotter than she looks on TV. That's true. You know, do you know her? Have you seen her I've, in person? I, you know what? I used to edit teen magazines like back oh. when I was like Oh, you 20. did? What, what ones did you edit? I mean, like Tutti Frutti and teen, oh. like all these weird magazines. I don't, even, I don't even know that one. And I actually went through a teen magazine small. phase. It was a, a couple years ago. Very small. Not really. Publication. <laughs> bop. Big bop. Yeah, like that. Like hold those. On, hold on a second. Please tell me you went through a phase where you were reading teen magazines you, a couple years ago. 
as opposed to what? Being in them? I thought you were writing for them. Oh, no, no, no. No, but I wasn't a couple years ago. It was when I was like 13 and 14. I was just making a joke. I did right. write for Seventeen magazine, but I don't consider oh, that I a teen for, magazine. I wrote for Seventeen as you well. You did through Hungry Girl. I did, yeah, and that's not a teen magazine. Right, it's not like Bop or no. J Fourteen or Twist or yeah, any of those. Do now, they still make those? They must still make those. They do, and I look at them now because my husband has created like all the shows on Nickelodeon, like mm-hmm. iCarly, and and he did Drake ah. and Josh and Zoe One Hundred One and Victorious, and they're all over those magazines. So I look at them and I'm like, wow, that's you cool. Know, so your Demi husband Lovato is still loves- at cannolis that's exciting <laughs> i feel like i still have one of the i still have a poem that Alyssa milano wrote a million years ago stuck in my head because it was printed i wish i could remember it now though that's, but i can't did you have her exercise video no teen steam no <laughs> no back then i would just do uh jane fonda because gotcha. my parents had that how was teen steam it was funny <laughs> it was okay. I don't know that. I, I don't know how many calories you'd burn, right. but I agree. Debbie Gibson does look good. She looks better in person. Mm-hmm. She does, and she's really thin. She's yeah, very she really, in shape. She's just a very yeah petite little person. Yeah. Um. So your husband works at Nickelodeon. Yeah, he has produces produced a ton of shows for them. So and is that where you guys met? We were both there. I was in New York. He was producing out here. So we met through a friend, but it wasn't through work necessarily. Mm-hmm. And because before the show, you said that you can talk about anything. Yes. Then I am going to ask you a few relationship questions. Excellent. Um, and uh, sorry, I'm, I'm, you know what? I have, to, I have to just let them know. I have to let them know. There's a little note from Gary on the screen for me, which is uh, my phone's not. Yeah, I keep hearing that. Oh, you know what? Maybe it's this computer here. So basically there's a sound that we're all hearing in here. It is that computer. I didn't even think of that. Should just, I just close just it? Push it close. Is this Bob Bryan's computer? It is. Why is he fucking up my show? You know what? You should take that up with Throw him. the computer on the floor. I'm going to. Just throw it. Take that, Baldy, and leaving your thing with your what are the majigamuffa. You know what? It's probably someone playing like Words with Friends. All right, so, so bring something. it full circle because we figured out what it was in the middle. So for everyone who's been listening, that email ping you've been yes. hearing once every 12 was minutes. Bob Bryan. See, there I didn't go. even hear it over here. Oh, you didn't? I Maybe I have hearing problems. <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm just hypersensitive and listen for well, that. Yeah, that's, that's what I, I was hearing to do that. it too. Yeah. You guys have to do that. Okay. Anyway, uh, what I was saying before Gary interrupted us, but for good reason, was um, that before the show, you said you, you're cool with talking about anything. And so I am going to ask you a few relationship questions. Sure. Which is, so you met your husband through a friend. Yes, originally. Okay. Like we, we, we had a long-distance relationship. We were talking on the phone a lot. We both worked for Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. I was living in New York. He was in L.A. Uh, how did you know he was the one for mm. you? You know, I think fate had tried to bring us together too many times for him not to be the one. <laughs> like, it turns out I had done a phone interview with him back when I was like, I think I was an intern at a team oh, magazine wow. before I had my regular job and he was on a TV show. And then I ran into him another place, like, and then we both worked at Nickelodeon. And then I had emailed him about something else. Like, it was just too many things mm-hmm. putting us together. And what had been your dating history before him? Always long-term relationships, you know. Two years or three or four years at a time and never found the right one. Mm -hmm. And how long have you been married now? Ten years. Ten years. Any kids? No kids. Just the bunnies and the cat. (laughs) That's it. He's my kid. He is. Men are babies. Well, I have to say iCarly is very um, groundbreaking. It is. I agree with you. No, he's like a genius. I have to say. He really is. So, And you guys both obviously have this great understanding of web and all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and I credit him with 
I mean, if it were not for him, I would not, I would never have even thought about launching Hungry Girl because mm-hmm. I saw how into his work he was and how, like, he was working around the clock seven days a week. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I wanted to do that and I want to have something that I love in the right. same way. Right. Yeah. I mean, they say that you should have a passion for what you do and that the way you know if you're doing the right thing is that when you're really in the flow of it, you don't even feel time passing. Mm hmm. Yeah, which I, agree I think with is that. is a great goal. I don't know if that's possible all the time, but no. I mean, everything is work, and no matter where you're working, there's going to be someone or something that is a thorn in your side, no yes. matter what. Yes, Gary. That will never change. <laughs> in this case, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Gary's lovely. Gary is lovely. I've been getting a lot of emails about Gary and a lot of comments and tweets and things about Gary. People are enjoying Gary on this show. Suckers. <laughs> so something that I wanted to do earlier, which I think we should do now, is – and I talked about this on the last show. There's a song – so the guy who writes the music for my show, Tom Rapp, uh, wrote a song about my friend Corinne who used to do a segment on my show when it was a Ustream show when I was living in New York. And I love the Corinne song and I like to try to put other people, other guests' names into the song, especially if their name seems like it could go – or fit, and I think that if we all say Lisa Lillian really fast, it'll sound like Corinne. We're going to have to say it very fast. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to play the song, and we're going to all try to sing your name where it says Corinne. And and uh, there's two times when it says it, and since you guys don't know the song, it might be a little difficult, so then we'll just have to do it again. And I want everyone at home to do this as well. And you might feel stupid, but you'll be smiling, so let's all do it. This better be a good song. Oh, I think it, oh, it is. It's I'm a fun, excited. good song. When you can throw an extra one in. Okay, it's about to come up. Oh, oh, oh damn it. I missed it. This Lillian. Oh. This is like that experience is like double dutch jump rope or sometimes me trying to get on an escalator I'm like, oh, next one next one next one do you have trouble with escalators yeah not as much as when i was younger i i really did now i usually it's like i let one stair go step go go by and then i'm just boom just face my fear <laughs> work through it you prefer elevators yeah well i mean not all the time i this is when i have troubles with escalators as if there's a lot of stuff in my hands or like if I'm in an airport oh, well, and I'm dragging hold. luggage. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then I just feel like I'm going to get sucked into those little grooves. Yeah. I've seen – I saw like a crazy escalator accident where there were oh like Oh my God. This injuries. is not good for me to hear. I'm sorry. I won't no, tell no, you tell about me, all the deaths. Tell me. I have to know. Where there was a <laughs> – Mangled people. Mangled. I mean deaths. I'm not even <laughs> kidding. Are you serious? It was on one of those shows like I shouldn't be alive or I survived. Did you see that, Gary? I know what you're talking it about. It was like episode. an escalator where I was like, how the hell can like 40 people have died on an escalator? Oh, I'm, never going, person pile I'm never going to Nordstrom's again. <laughs> how did it happen? No, I, don't, I don't know. It was like maybe a sporting event or something. It was somewhere where it was like a really huge escalator with like hundreds oh. of people on it. Well, some, you, you'll know what I'm talking about when I say I don't particularly enjoy in certain subway stations in New York, the escalator is like a tube and the ceiling is kind of uh, parallel with the escalator. So as you go up, it goes up too. And it, the whole thing is sort of – I don't have claustrophobia, but the whole thing makes me feel disoriented. Hmm. I would I rather I be in a big – like a, an open place where as you're going up, it's just a regular ceiling. It just feels like you're like in a tube that's yeah, going no, up. Yeah, no, I'm a little claustrophobic. You are. Okay. Slightly. But you can do escalators? Yeah. 
Do you I'm have any sort of neurosis that we should know about? Mm, no, not really. Actually, oh. this is a perfect... Oh, this would have... Damn it, Gary! Why can't you be two people? This would have been a perfect segue into just me or everyone. Um, but there's something going on... Oh, with the air. I think the air just came on. Okay, so Gary has to turn that off. No, aren't we at the ocean? This is our, like... We're outside on a boat. <laughs> it does feel... It, it is refreshingly <laughs> breezy sounding. The hair whipping through my... The breeze oh, whipping through my hair. Now, you like, you're a fan of Brazilian straightening, yes? I am, yes. Wow, okay. you really do your homework. Thank you. How do you know that? No, I just say that to everyone, and I hope I'm going oh. <laughs> to nail one. I thought you Googled me and found some weird article about my hair. <laughs> I read, I think, I think in, there was a New York Times story about you, and I think it mentioned that. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of the Japanese, I'm a fan of hair straightening. Right. Um, I'm a fan of the Japanese straightening more for me. I did the Japanese for nine years. You did. Now, why did you switch? Because my hair person told me to, but then I switched away. Like, I did Brazilian two or three times, and then I just did something called Zerin Realise. Oh, my God. A whole new thing. I don't know what this is. It's organic, vegan. You know, everyone's saying it's all chemical. Right. It's like vegan, organic, blah, 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 which is not my thing anyway, in any way. But Mm -hmm. I do find that it works because I don't like how flat my hair gets from Mm -hmm. the Brazilian. Yes. This is less flat. You should try it. Okay. Yeah, I know. See, the times that I – the few times that I did Brazilian – uh, I would look at pictures, and I'm willing to say that in photos, I was like, yeah, my hair looks better. But uh, it's in person, when I would look in the mirror, I just – it felt um, – I felt like it looked greasy, and it just – Too flat? No. the the I like it straighter even than the Brazilian was getting it. Oh. But so I think I the- like – no, see, here's the thing. I have all sorts of issues, and I think that I like my hair flatter – that I, my, I like my hair really flat, and yet I'm aware that it looks better if it has more body. Yeah, I don't like my hair when it's really flat. Mm-hmm. It bothers me. I used to do. Do you do the Yuko? I did Lysio, yes. which was oh, Japanese. Oh, yeah, no, I do Yuko. Yuko. Well, your hair looks good. Thank you. It's it's flat though. I mean, let's, let's it call looks it good. What it is. When my hair is like flat against my head, I, I I don't. I personally don't like it. But at the same time, it's easier when it's just you go like that and it dries. And right, it's right. What's your natural hair like? Very well, curly. Like wavy, curly, frizzy. Kinky or ringlety? Or... No, very wavy. And okay. then in New York, it would frizz right. like beyond belief. Fuzzy. I have the fuzzy hair syndrome situation. It would ruin my day. Yes. I wouldn't want to go in out. In high school, I would want to stay home if it was raining. I would. If we went out like on a Friday night, if we were going out like to a bar and it was raining or humid mm-hmm. and my hair was frizzy, I would just like sit in the back and not talk to anyone. Yes. You too? I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, if I feel like I don't look good that day. Gary, you too? <laughs> I've had to fight this, but if I feel like I don't look good that day, it makes me very unfriendly. And it's not because I'm trying to be a bitch. It's because I'm like, I don't feel confident enough to really engage and talk to people, which is just just a bad way to be because then, especially if you work in entertainment, then people are like, oh, she's a snob or she's full of herself or she's just, you know what I mean? Like I just, right. I try to tell myself it's always better to be friendly. Even right. if you have a big zit on your neck, which I say Which I, I do, by the way. You do? Currently. <laughs> yeah. I do. I've never had neck zits or whatever. I tweeted recently, bite, hive, or zit, a new game of I'm playing on my face. Like I, yeah, I've got these two dots on my neck. I don't know what the hell. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're zits because what else could they be? Except I was like, maybe it's chicken pox because I never had chicken pox, but I got the vaccine. Yeah, no, I'm sure know. it's not chicken pox. Yeah, I would probably be feeling that's, sick. That's really funny. But, but anyway. no, I mean, I, I know what you mean about if you don't feel great, you're not like putting yourself out there and being right. super friendly. But my mother and my mother-in-law would tell you 
you should always look your best because you never know who you're going to meet and where you're going to meet them. Mm. That's what my That's mom great used advice, to tell me. That's great advice, but a real pain in the butt. I know. No, <laughs> I know because I'm more like I'm throwing on a baseball hat and wearing yeah. a T-shirt and sweatpants. See, I used to always uh, always like do myself up for this show because we would stream it live um, on Ustream. And then with the whole change of studios and stuff, we weren't doing that. And then I realized, God, I'm so much more comfortable. I went through like a very brief sweatpant phase. <laughs> most people don't dress up for a podcast. And I was like, I'm going to be like most people. And it was definitely more comfortable. But then certain guests would come in and I wouldn't be all effusive and charming. Because I was like, Cause don't, you were don't look pants. at me. Yeah. <laughs> don't look, don't look at me. I'm wearing pajamas. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So in your daily life, though, if you're just going, uh, going around to doing errands, do you put on makeup? I put on some makeup, but I never wear a lot of makeup mm-hmm. unless I'm, I have a makeup person that goes with right. me for like events and things. But I, I don't ever really leave the house with no makeup. I'll at least do a little eyeliner and lip gloss. Do you have a makeup person and a stylist for your show? Don't have a stylist. Uh, definitely have hair and makeup people. Yeah. Never had a stylist. I once tried to work with a stylist and I was like, oh, God. How does that go? Because in the back of my head, if I ever have a ton of money, I'm getting a stylist and I'm getting a driver because – Dressing myself driver, and driving definitely. is just a pain in the butt. Driver, fantastic. I think a stylist is great. Sometimes I will enlist the help of one of the stylists that one's, runs wardrobe for my husband's shows. She's mm-hmm. amazing. But when I hired a stylist to help me, I felt like he just didn't get my style or he brought all the stuff that was so not me. Right. And, and then I ended up picking out the stuff myself. I mean, he had a few things that worked and he was great. But I just feel like I'm too much of a control freak mm-hmm. and I'm such a shopper. I can't stop shopping, and I love buying clothing, and I know what I like. Okay. So, Are you a micromanager? Yes. <laughs> I mean, y- yes, and, and to some degree, but not. I don't think it's in a bad way. Right. I mean, I think I you know. have to be. If it's your own business, you kind of have to be. Yeah, I don't know. It might, it's such a negative term, and I don't want to say I'm a control freak because I'm more of a control freak just in general with everything, mm-hmm. but I'm very involved in everything relating to my business, and I do. I manage my manager, and I manage – it's just you have to be. Do Nothing you um, check your email while you're in bed? Yes. I check my email. Everyone does, right? That's I check normal. my email nine, at least 19 hours a day. Do you check your email while you're driving? No, unless I'm at a red light. Okay. That's not smart. Not while I'm, the vehicle is moving. <laughs> I bet Do you? I, I, revealed that some, I revealed that I've discovered that texting yes. and driving. Yeah, I do. Yes, is the answer. <clears throat> the answer oh, no. is yes. Yeah, and I've gotten a lot of feedback on that and people are none too happy. Good. Not only am I taking my own life but ours. and putting my own life in danger, but what about the person I'm going to hit or the car I'm going to crash into, which is a good point. Right. Yeah. It's not that and by the way, it's not that you're not like a great driver and you couldn't Oh, but the funny it. thing is I'm not. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, there you <laughs> I'm go. I'm good at I'm a great texter. But you have to, like, I don't know, you I just know. have to, there's going to be some other jerk next to you doing something. What if the guy next to you is texting, too? I know. I know. I know. I know. It's so true. Uh, and the thing is that it's totally fine until it's not fine, and then it's catastrophic. You guys have really made me think about my actions. Good. Well, then, then our, our work here is done. Let's do just me or everyone. Um, and so this, let me explain what this is. Oh, my God. There it is. It have I heard that this is like a smoke alarm where right. you undo. That's not me. I'm gonna lose my take shit. the battery uh, out. This? It's like where you take the battery out of a smoke alarm and then it still makes noise. All right, well now it's just part of the show. Every time you hear that, you have to drink. You win something. Like uh, I don't, I don't is know. There what's a date with Allison. Is there something beeping in this bag of cool things? I don't think it's, so. It's the pistachio either. nuts. It's the albacore white tuna. <laughs> it's the this pistachios. bag of cool things as she pulls out. A, the it's, the, it's the chili 
Chili lime jerky. That's good. Gary will like that. Boys love jerky. Yeah. Do you have a favorite kind of jerky? I don't. Really? Jerky, jerky, jerky. Mm. It's not something I eat often. If if I come across some and I'm, it's fine. You're shitting on our point. <laughs> yeah, I am. Which is something I have to say. Until Another... I worked with Adam Carolla, I never even thought about when people shit on your point. It just seemed like that's conversation. I totally agree. But... Okay. He's yeah, got a big issue with like if he's trying to establish a concept or get a certain thing going, and if you no, you know what? That's that's that's. Over-explaining. If you disagree with him, then he feels that you're shitting on his point. Well, maybe you're just disagreeing with him. No, but it's, That's it's my not, point. It's it's if he's asking a question and he's like, you know, and yeah, like his, you, ha- you kind of have to oh, roll. With you have to yeah. just say, yeah, yeah. Well, his like, thing is, yeah. If somebody brings up like Burning Man, for example, and he's like, you know, Burning Man, like, nope, never heard of it. Like, he's like, you're not helping at all. Yeah, like, okay, well, so, um. I made the mistake of saying he was talking about plantains and he was like, the thing with plantains is you either love them or you hate them. And then he went around the room and he wanted to know who loved them and who hated them. And I actually am sort of, I could take them or leave them, Mm -hmm. but I never should have admitted that. I never, I'm surprised I still have a job. That's because I don't know that those are as polarizing as he thinks they are. I know. He's wrong. Cilantro, on the other oh hand, oh my god, that totally is totally polarizing. Yes. We got to get him in here on the get him on the phone. And I know, tell him. you know, I don't know how he feels about cilantro. Well, it's you either love it or hate it. I don't know anyone who's indifferent about it. I don't think I hate it. I love it. Really? Have you always loved it? No, I, I haven't. Yeah. I didn't really know what it was. I feel like years. as I've gotten older, I can tolerate it a little more. You guys but want I'm... an example of shooting on your point? Indifferent. Really? Towards cilantro? Yeah. He's lying. Now I can see why it's so annoying. When when did he start the lying? When did that happen? That's like this show pretty much. <laughs> I think I started working here two years and three weeks ago. <laughs> see, he doesn't even know when he's lying. Gary, what happened? You used to be so nice. All right. So just, what, what me, is just or me or everyone is uh, a segment we do where people tell us things they do or they think where they think, is it just me or everyone? And so we have a bunch that they tweeted us. They're mostly food and diet related because of you. Excellent. And uh, we're going to say whether, you know, we're just going to talk about each one. And we have a song. Sometimes I ponder on something. Okay, Hot Nicks One says, When I would eat something with two parts, cereal and marshmallows, spaghetti and meatballs, I'd eat my favorite part last. Just me or everyone? I would do that too. Yeah, I'd do that too. Not you, not just you. But then I think, why am, you know, if I'm going to uh, segregate the food, why even mess with the part I don't really want? Because it's still good. Like yeah. Lucky Charms, you yeah. still like the cereal part. That's true. It's just not as good as like the purple horseshoes. Right. It's, right? it's true. It's true. Yeah, I agree. I, the spaghetti and meatballs one seems weird to me, but like I'll definitely do that with like my favorite flavor in a box of candy or something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But but at a sit down meal to like divide, I, that seems a little. No, I don't. I'm not a section eater. I don't believe in that. It bothers me a little bit when people eat food in sections because I feel like you eat too much. Yeah. Like if you like if you're eating like steak and potatoes and Brussels sprouts and whatever, don't eat each portion. 
separately. Right. Oh, yeah. Then you finish everything. Yeah. But, and yeah. And also People because then you're liable to eat like a big piece of steak and a big thing of Brussels sprouts exactly. and a big amount of potatoes. Just have a oh, little of this and a little of that and leave some of it over. Now, are you someone who believes in being fairly regimented with where and when you eat? No. No? Okay. I, I, I – if it – if I'm eating in the same place, it's because it's my favorite restaurant. But that's – it's not like a – oh, no, I must I, eat at 6 o'clock. N- no, I mean like only ever eating, you know, sitting down at a table versus no. like – okay. So I, I feel like every I single person who things. lives in New York just eats in front of the TV on the couch. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, Matt at Doyle says, breakfast burritos are, are nutritious as long as I can't see what's inside. Um, I actually – don't do that. I know too much, unfortunately. I'm with you. I don't know anything. That's just him because it is just most, him. The idea of a breakfast burrito and everywhere I can think of that it comes from just informs me inherently that it's not a good thing. It's like yeah. a truck yeah. or like a bagel shop or like a well diner drive through. Well, even, even a diner, a diner yeah. Like you just you're not getting something that's that good for you. You can also see what's inside when you bite into it unless he inhales it all at once. I mean, (laughs) once you take your first bite, there it is. Unless you deep throat your breakfast burrito. Okay, too rude, (laughs) 89. We'll circle the gym parking lot five times to avoid adding to the walk to the treadmill. That's funny. I feel like it's just habit to look for a good parking space. And that was very much my life in New York, but not here. I'll park for it really far away. On purpose or just Doesn't matter. Doesn't Hmm. matter. I always think to myself if I – it would be good to make myself park far away because then that's extra exercise. It is. Yes. Are you a uh, taking the stairs, not the elevator person? No. I love elevators when yeah, they're there. Too. I mean I don't know. They're like – I don't like to be trapped in an elevator. I always think about who I'd want to be stuck in an elevator with or whenever I'm in the elevator, I always think what if we get stuck in here and this yes. person smells and like <laughs> all of those things. But still, I don't really love the stairs. Well, right. this goes back to something from earlier I thought about asking. Does your fear of escalators – force you up a set of stairs if they're side by side? No. Oh. That's that's where the fear crumbles. <laughs> Suddenly <laughs> I'm exercise. able to get on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm expending any energy. She, she's exactly. more she's more afraid of exercise than she is of escalating. Thank you. <laughs> I like it. Yep. Uh, okay. David Don Darcy. Uh, destroying defiling leftover sweets before putting them in the trash so I can't salvage later. Yes, I I I have uh, I've put dish soap on food. I do all kinds of things to food so I won't eat it. What do you do? I get rid of it. I smash it. I put pepper on it. Pepper. Like I'll do – I did that in college. I used to pepper it. But I would – I mean I hate to admit this but it's so many years later. When I was even a child, like 12 years old, Mm -hmm. I would be shopping in the supermarket with my mom. And if I was like on a diet, I would smash Twinkies. (laughs) I would. I would go right into Wallbaums in New York and other smash. People. So you'd smash other people's Oh, I food. would smash unpurchased Twinkies. I did this like three <laughs> times as a child. I feel guilty about it to this day. I should send a check to Hostess <laughs> to make up but for wait, the Twinkies wh- but, I murdered. But this is so you couldn't have them or just because you were angry I think them? I was angry that I wasn't able to eat them. I was like, yeah. I'm diet. I didn't like destroy my friend's food. Right. I, I just remember a couple of times where I was like, <clears throat> and see, plus it's fun to smush it. Yeah, but see, wh- where I'm sitting, I'm like, eh, someone could still eat it, really. <laughs> true. <laughs> see, <laughs> that's you true. didn't go far enough. That's you're right. Okay. I didn't get my fingerprints on it. Nothing. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, here's someone. Well, Andrew 280. This is sort of similar to uh, the to Hot Nicks, but avoid the marshmallows and Lucky Charms and save them until the end until you flipped the marshmallow. Oh ratio. my god, those two should like marry each other. They should. It's the same thing. And just eat breakfast cereal together. <laughs> Okay. Um, 
eat one item at a time during a meal and not begin the next item until the first was finished. We were just talking about that. Okay. Paul Thompson or Tomso. When I grind fresh coffee beans, it smells like salmon to me. Um, I have to say that's just you. Just him. Definitely just him. See a neurologist. Okay. Tony DeCoste. I can't believe... I can't believe there is a device dedicated to only cooking rice. I understand toasters, but waffle makers? Gary and I discussed this tweet earlier. It We found it a little baffling because... Wouldn't it make more sense if at the very end it was like, I understand toasters, but rice makers? Right, right. But and then I said maybe he's right. making rice in a weird way with his waffle maker. I do. I don't, I'm not a fan of uniteskers, though. Because mm-hmm. of clutter? Or just clutter, and I just think there's always something else that can do what this thing does. Like we got uh, this is, machine. Is Unitasker a thing? Yes. It just took me a second to figure out what that meant. Yes, is I, yes. A, if you start looking phrase? at clutter and productivity blogs, you'll see. The first time I heard Unitaskers. it was Elton Brown. Elton Brown on okay, uh, yeah, Good Eats. Yeah, but no, we got this giant contraption. Someone sent us. They're like, "Congratulations, hungry girl. Here's your Actifry," and it was this like thirty pound machine, and all it did was like bake fries. And I'm like, okay, why not cut a potato and stick them on a awesome. cookie sheet? No, <laughs> I know. Kidding, I mean, someone's gonna <laughs> right, but someone's gonna hear this and be like, I don't understand. But <laughs> it, it was so big, we couldn't even give it to the intern. Nobody wanted the Actifry. I'm sorry. To wow. Say. Yeah, it was, like, and it's like a $400 or a $350 device that just does one thing. Let's discuss the toaster oven. It's the greatest. Greatest thing ever. Ever. Okay, this is coming from someone who did not grow up with toaster ovens. We grew up with. Just a toaster and an oven. I don't know. It's child abuse. You were abused. I had a toaster. Maybe it's Orange County. I I had never seen a toaster oven until I got to college. What? My best friend. My my best friend had a toaster oven, and then when I was in New York, I um. This sounds sad, but I inherited a toaster (laughs) oven. Like, um, my great uncle died. Exactly, and it was a really nice one, and I used it once. Um, and then when I was moving back, I oftentimes – there's a lot of things I lament because uh, I enjoy that activity. But one of the things I lament is that when I was moving from New York to California, I got rid of so much stuff because I just was in a rush and I was just uh, sort of not enjoying the process of moving. And, and there's so much stuff I got rid of that I had to replace out here. And I don't know what made me think, oh, these like um, – trivets or whatever i'm not going to ever use them or i didn't think i'm not going to ever use them i didn't really think am i going to use this but anyway the point i'm wasting so much time belaboring is i just gave the toaster oven away and now i kind of wish i had it but what are like twenty dollars aren't they yeah see that i was about to make a joke earlier about you inheriting and like what the homeless person found (laughs) a slightly nicer one like they're really cheap now oh really i asked for one for christmas this one was like a Oh, was I mean, a you can get ones. One. You can okay. get a few hundred dollars. I, I asked for one for Christmas really like good. two years ago, and three people in my family came up to me separately and asked if I was serious or kidding, but I was serious. And the one I got was like Cuisinart branded or whatever, and on the box it shows a full-size turkey in it. It's like enormous, <laughs> and it was definitely under $100. Hmm. It was very well, reasonable. see, I didn't have know. one now. I don't have one. How do you make your items that need to be toasted or heated? Just use the regular oven? I use the microwave. Oh, no. Or an oven. See, the microwave. Oh, my God. Your eyes just got so big. Oh, no. That's not okay. The mi- you know, you can't reheat things that are meant to have like, you know, um, if, you, if, you're, if you have anything that has bread involved. I say I rarely do. But uh, yeah. 
you can't use a, a microwave for that. But microwaves are great for like reheating just right. food. That- well, okay. Aside from toasting something, my question is when what what does a toaster oven do that an oven can't do? It's just easier than the okay. oven. And I think it's faster. It's just it's just it's faster. Cuter. It's cuter. I I would reverse sure. the question. You know, it's how many <laughs> things can an oven do that my toaster oven can't and it's just faster and cleaner and easier. Shrinky dinks. Yeah, no, I mean there are definitely things, but it's like it's far I'm the number of things you can that put I can't. Shrinky dinks in a toaster oven. I know. That's true. I I recently it. put hard-boiled eggs in the oven because I read on something that it makes like creamier hard-boiled eggs, but instead just the shells got burned, and I thought I could just boil these from now on. But I suppose like like a normal I've never person, never tried that. It doesn't uh, do. I didn't find that it did anything great. I did try those eggies because I can't help but buy everything I see on TV. You do? I, okay, I've never bought anything I've seen on TV. Although <laughs> I buy everything I was I obsessed. I used to watch that. Nad. Not the pajama jeans. I won't buy the pajama jeans. I I feel like why do we all hate on pajama jeans? I've never bought them or worn they're them. Hideous. But they look comfortable. All right. I'm sorry. Stylish they, sweatpants. Go wait, on. I'm gonna say one thing. Okay. The hot. 104 pound person on television. I know would look good huge. in any. No, oh. she looks terrible in them. <laughs> they don't look good on anyone. But okay. those eggies don't work. What are they? Those eggies are like a, it's like a cup you put in the microwave. It's like a little boat that you put the egg in and then uh-huh. you, like you screw the top on and then it floats around the water and oh. it boils. It's the worst thing ever. It does not work. You, what what is that? What you is bought going that. on? You bought is that, that on TV. Snu- it's not a snuggie. It's a onesie. It's a forever lazy. We're looking at a photo of Gary <laughs> in, a, in a forever lazy. I just you figured looks... as long as we were going to tell embarrassing. Right. That That's bought. so that creepy. I didn't, that, I didn't buy that. It was a Christmas gift. And the reason I look like I'm not posting this on the website. So sorry, everybody. But oh, come on. Try to become Facebook I'll do friends it. with me or something. But the reason I look like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man is because I have a full set of clothes on underneath that. I just like threw it on. for the <laughs> But yeah, forever lazy. Ridiculous. So and... you don't ever find yourself wearing it? And Lisa's definitely taking a picture. I want to take a right photo now. of it. If it looks oh like something where if you walk around, you create too much static electricity. Yeah, I've never put it back on. It's it's funny, but right. I think why? that that color amazing. looks good on you, though. Thanks. Cobalt. Thanks. It goes with my mm-hmm. eyes. It's you consider wearing that exclusively. <laughs> Get a room, you guys. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, if there is a straw laying in the straw dispenser, I can't take it. This is Susan L. Ten. I have to pump out a new one. Oh, I do that. You do that too? Yeah. Yeah, I do that with um, spoons and forks and things like that where you pump those too. Yeah. Yeah. I do that. It's not just you, Susan. And we had someone write in and say that they do that with magazines and books too. I do that, but that's usually because like the cover is folded or something. Right. Oh my God. There was that sound again that we hate. Okay. Um, Let's move on. But this was move on to no more just me or everyone is when Gary looks Uh flummoxed. The last five episodes, we haven't played the song to go out. Is that what you're no, asking for? I'm, no, I'm saying um, oh. take it off the screen so I can see the clock. Sorry. That's okay. Oh, my God. That was a, that was like a different – there was a different quality to that sound. It's getting more insistent. Yeah, that was weird. Maybe there's a ghost here with an invisible laptop. That Maybe. one was in my room and my oh. mic was open. But. Okay. To all the people who need to com- who are going to need to complain about the fact that we're talking about the noise, just don't do it. Just shut it. Oh, no. I don't know what Gary's saying to me. What? There's actually a new email address. Oh, yeah. Well, I was – yes, that's perfect because um, I was going to announce that when I read a few emails that people have sent in. But I'll go ahead and announce it right now, you guys. Good news. We have a brand new email address set up exclusively for this show. Get your pens or pencils ready. 
It's A-R-I-Y-N-B-F, which is Allison Rosen's new best friend, A-R-I-Y-N-B-F at AdamCarolla.com. A-R-I-Y-N-B-F at AdamCarolla.com. Gary will be looking at your emails, so, uh, and then he'll send stuff to me. Maybe I shouldn't have given that level of detail. <laughs> no, I just thought that was really funny. It's like, send the hate mail to Gary. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm tired of it. Uh, do but you, I, Do you screen, do you share everything? Well, now we will. It's brand new, but uh, yeah, I'm planning to. I'm planning to do a high level of sharing. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, I see. You're at, yes. The question is, what exactly will you be showing me? Will you be, you be showing me the negative emails? We can figure that out as we go along. Um, but some emails came to me, and I just wanted to share a couple of them. Uh, Dear Allison, love the new show and loving your choice of guests. I wanted to send you a quick note to suggest something about how you were trying to find a nickname for Gary. I think when you want to talk to Gary, you should play a drop of Amber from Teen Mom saying Gary. I say, I don't, I don't watch Teen Mom, so I don't know what that sounds like. She would whine his name and I thought it was funny. Not sure how the podcast setup is and if you have the control to do that, but I wanted to give my suggestion. I look forward to future awesome guests. That means you. Uh-oh. Thanks. Her name is Stacy. P.S. Love that you say cunt. Us girls have to take the word back. Does anyone know what the uh, teen mom drop she's referring to is? I don't, but I'm actively looking I for it. I thought you were looking okay. for it. I, I think it's a good idea. I can imagine what it is. And right. I think it probably is funny. It probably is the funny. The whiny Gary from TV and pop culture mm-hmm. history. And exactly. why not? Uh, yeah, th- we're constantly looking for a nickname for Gary because producer Gary, I feel like, is not exciting enough. So, uh, you can also take Gary the snail from SpongeBob SquarePants. There's a lot of Gary's Gary. in pop culture. Lots. That's a good one. And Bald Brian likes to use the Dr. Drew Gary Busey drop on me. Right. There you go. Which is, we suspect that Gary's head injury is affecting his behavior. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Here's one from Eric. It also is Gary-related. Allison, or whoever is reading this, firstly, love the show. I love the mix of comedy, relationship talk, and insightful conversation about life in general, even though I may not be in the target demo, parentheses, a 26-year-old married male engineer. I don't know what my target demo is, so you could be it. Keep up the good work. Secondly, I had a good nickname for producer Gary, and it may have been brought up before. I think you should try Gare Bear. Yes, Ricky Lindholm suggested that, but it's a good one. Even if you don't fully adopt it, I'd at least like to hear Allison say it a couple times. Anyways, keep up the good work. Eric, for you, I'm going to say Gare Bear. 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 You can't say it in a row a lot quickly. No, Gare Bear. it gets hard to say in a row, but I do react to it just as well as my own name. He likes it. I'm sorry, Gare Bear. It's okay. <laughs> it's all good. Okay. And then um, iTunes comment of the week. We have a song that a listener sent in. His name is Ross Bergman, and here's his song. Can't wait for it. Allison Rosen brings you the best iTunes comments of the week. Thanks, Ross. All right, this is from Itchy D. Allison has an endearing awkwardness like a baby duck. Uh, and I'll explain why I love that in a second. That doesn't mean the show is bad. In fact, she asks some very compelling questions of her guests. I'm always expecting the softball because she seems like such a cream puff, but then bam, in your face with the probing brain dissection. Keep it up, Allison. And I also wanted to give a shout out to Liz in Virginia and Northern Exp, which I think is Northern Exposure, for their great comments. There were so many good comments, and there are so many good comments, that I, but I can't read them all, and I can't shout out to them all. But just keep commenting, and then as the week episodes go by, I will be able to um, to maybe read yours or shout out to you. Uh, anyway, 
I love ducklings, so I thought that was a, a cute way of describing me. That is nice. We had two ducks on a date in our backyard last you week. You did? Mm-hmm. What, were they mallards or white ducks? Uh, mallards. Uh-huh. And oh, that's so cute. they were beautiful. And on a date, they would swim and then get out of the pool Aww. and hang out. And we fed them matzah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then they went back in the pool. Seasonally appropriate. And it that's was so the cute. cutest. It's, it's apparently mating season. Mm-hmm. And then the lights came on. Like, they automatically go on at 7. And then they flipped out and just flew they away. They wanted privacy. But they came back, like, I think, like one other time. Uh-huh. It was so cute. I wish I lived in a place where ducks would pay a visit to me. Where do you live? Ducks are everywhere. Hollywood. There are ducks in Hollywood. I've never seen You don't any. think ducks are trying to break into show business? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they do come here with all the belongings on their back in a tiny little <laughs> knapsack <laughs> and dreams of making it big. And then the next minute they're just... In a pool in Encino. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, that's so cute. Um, Okay, and we do also have a new Topic Sombrero song. So let's play the song because Trap Talk sent this in (laughs) at our request, and it's awesome. And then maybe we'll take one question from the Topic Sombrero, and then we'll just get the hell on out of here. It's the Topic, Topic Sombrero. Yes, for topics and you sent them in. It's the topic, topic sombrero. Now pick a topic and let's begin. It's the topic. That song. Totally original. Yeah. Well, the Copacabana has been stuck in my head nonstop for like two weeks and it's driving me insane. Me too. And I'm so simultaneously ashamed of myself and proud of myself for these coming are, up these with are that Gare Bears lyrics. Oh, that was you? And this idea, yeah. <laughs> I kind of liked it. You know, it's good. It's catchy. I, love it. I know. <laughs> okay. Just... Would you like to choose a topic from the sombrero? Okay. Yeah. I know I'm going to choose something horrible. Something, something. Yeah. And Noel, then we just throw it back. Okay. Or maybe not even back in the Here sombrero. It is. Okay. One night stands. Okay. Well, let's see. What see do that? we. Sure. That's exactly what I'm it not says. Lying. Let's see. Um what do what do we have to say about one night stands? Well, this is my take on it. Uh I think that a lot of women think that they can have casual sex and that it won't affect them and it actually at a certain point it almost seems like a goal. Um but the truth is that it is really hard to at least for me and for the women I know, really hard to separate sex from emotion and so you you can go into the experience thinking that you don't – this isn't – well, if, let's say you're someone like me in the past. I'd be thinking, okay, I, I don't even like – this is not the kind of person I would want to be in a relationship with. I don't like him like that. Um, but, you know, I'm attracted to him and so I'm just going to have fun. And then I'd wake up with feelings for him or if they didn't set in right away by that – by the following night, I'd be thinking, oh, I would like to see him again. And then all of a sudden I'd be feeling vulnerable and I would – Basically, I sort of just emotionally attached myself to someone that I didn't think was the right kind of person to even have a relationship with, and I would find myself wanting a relationship with that person. So for me, one-night stands never were a great idea, Um, and in general, I don't think they're a great idea because whatever you're trying to do in that one night, why not let it develop over, you know, a, over the course of dating? Except that you're listening to this and you're probably thinking, but I don't want to date that person. And then I just want to, you know, hit it and quit it. And my response to you is then, well, if you don't even want to date that person, why would you want to sleep with them? Unless you're a guy, in which case everything's different. Lisa? Wow, that was a <laughs> that was a mouthful. I had a lot to say. I actually, on that topic. I actually agree with everything you said. 
truly. And I do think that women have a hard time separating emotion from mm-hmm. sex. So as much as they say, oh, it's totally cool, right. I, I don't think that they can. Yeah. And so I, think, I don't like, believe in them. And when I grew grew up, it was sort of on the, I think the tail end of, unless the idea is still out there, but I think less so, the tail end of this idea that, well, women can and should be able to ask guys out and they can do anything a guy can do, even sexually. Um, it's and just, I just we're think wired it different. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the, I've never had a one night stand. Never in my life. That's and smart. Now, is it, I, how come? I, it would never be. Just not something I, you would do. Well, I mean, I, I've met people and I guess back in the day I've, met strangers and kissed them but mm-hmm. that was it i've never like hey i'm meeting you going back to your place we're right. having sex and i'm never going to see you again that's never happened to me it's just not who i am well even just making out for me would then sort of bond me to them not 100 percent of the time but often i, I to, to be fair to me i only had one true one night stand that i would that I would call a one night stand in that like I met someone at a party and did go home with them and it was New York and it was the kind of thing where the next day I thought I'm so lucky that I'm alive like that was the dumbest thing for me to do I don't know this person I cannot believe I went home with him but I was dumb then or more risk taking then mm-hmm. yeah what the wild you yeah. The wild Allison. This wild I, I think the problem is mostly, though, that they can't separate emotion. Mm-hmm. And so they end up getting attached or it's – and if you do like the person, then why are you even right. sleeping with them on the first night? Yeah. Now, see, I, there are couples that or, – or married couples even where it turned out that they slept together on the first date. And I always feel like well, you're lucky that worked out because there was a big chance that it wasn't going to. Yeah, I agree. You know? And I feel like you, you – uh, Stack the deck again. The deck gets stacked against stacked against the chances of a good relationship if you jump in too soon. I definitely agree with that, Gary. What do you think? I, you guys gave good advice. I I don't know. I'm not a one night stand kind of guy. The problem I always tend to have is where there's an uh, a lack of clarity as to whether or not both parties necessarily think it's a one night stand. So I've gotten into situations before where I was totally confident that both of us were clear that it was a one night only thing and like four weeks later i'm like banging my head against a wall as text messages come in incessantly and i'm trying to figure out what i did wrong you gave out your number that's what you did wrong yeah that's that's true (laughs) see but that's exactly what i'm saying i feel like a girl can go into a one night stand with a even if you have clarity on that but it just doesn't really take i mean i've definitely i've i was that person in you know, a long time ago, who was like, well, I know he's saying he doesn't want a relationship, but he's contacting me and he's this and the way he talked to me, blah, blah, blah. And just like thinking, th- just sort of pushing aside what the guy said about what he wanted. Ugh. How do you, Ugh. I, I, I don't, I guess I wouldn't understand how you go into it assuming that both people know it's a one night stand unless you discuss it. We discussed it. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And, we were like, and you yeah, know what? we're never going to see each this other This might just be a default... Maybe not we're not ever going to see each other again, but, like, this is an isolated incident, and, like, then we will go back to our knowing who each other are when we see each other around town type of thing. But this might just be a defect with me because I have friends who will do this, and then if the girl continues to try to contact her, contact them after, we'll just either completely ignore them or call them up and, like, have a talk with them again about how this isn't – they're not ever going to respond to them, so fuck off, and I just – I don't know. What do yeah, you continue? I, you play like words with friends. No, I no. <laughs> you draw something. No, I like do my best version nice. of this. But like the last time this happened, it ended up with me sitting in a bar with a girl crying while I explained to her that this was just not happening and 
it was it just sucked mm. for both of us. Yeah, that's why I would advise guys not to have one night stands either because you're going to end up with girls chasing you or stalking you or something. Right. Right. Yeah, because see even when, even when you said that, I can I can imagine being that girl and feeling like, but you slept with me. We had sex. How could you not have feelings for me? You know That's what? the thing that it girls can't get mouth. through their I know head. what happened. That came out of her mouth, too. That and did? And I was like, yeah, but we talked about it beforehand. And she was like, yeah, but. Yeah, I was see, like, it's that yeah, but. Yeah. It's the, the female experience I, of it versus the guys. Terry, right but, after you slept with her, did you put on that cobalt snuggy onesie hoodie? <laughs> if so, I totally, I totally get why she <laughs> fell for you. <laughs> Oh, no, I was going the other way with it. I was saying that's what you should do to turn off the feeling. Oh, my God. All right, maybe. Maybe you're right. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Try it next time. Let us know how it goes. I'll get back to you. Well, thank you so much for stopping by you're and being welcome. on the show. This was very informative, and it was delightful. And let's see. If people want to find out more about you, they can go to your website. They can go to hungry-girl.com and sign up for the daily Is there Does someone have the non-hyphen version? They do, but they link to me, but it's oh. still not a pretty page. So okay. I send people to the page with the hyphen. Right. I'm on Facebook. It's mm-hmm. Facebook. Dot com slash Hungry Girl. And, and there's I'm a whole Hungry, hungry Girl community girl. that comments and things, right? Yeah, they're very active. Yeah. And sometimes awesome. I rate on Facebook. Really? <laughs> yeah, they, they get very emotional about it. People everything. on the internet get very emotional. It's like road rage. Yeah. It's like the anonymity. They don't, pe- yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's still fun. I love it. And mm-hmm. Twitter, too. Yeah, just we are Hungry Girl, girl on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if they want to watch your show, where do they go? On Cooking Channel on Saturdays and Food Network on Sundays. Early in the morning, there's that beep again. <laughs> <laughs> on both networks. Okay. Anyway. And your, all your books are in Amazon, bookstores. bookstores, well, Target, Walmart. And if you're going to, you know, I think they should buy them on Amazon. And if you're going to go to Amazon, click through my website. And then it does not cost you any more, but it sends the show a few dollars. And we could always use that to buy something to turn off that noise. It's true. <sighs> Yeah, I support that. Better producer. (laughs) It'll just be Gary, but he'll just work harder if he has a few more dollars. You do? Maybe it's a new song. Maybe that one of your jingles. You know what? (laughs) Because with the with the extra dollars, we can buy a smaller sombrero. Because this one's giant. Although I feel like a giant sombrero is good. That's how they are. That's how they should be, right? Standard. We standard. It's a standard sombrero. You're right. You're right. It's just the part for your head is is head sized. Yeah. And then the rest of the hat's tremendous. We need some. Maybe we need a topic fedora. Oh no, <laughs> trap dog will be sad. It doesn't work so well with Copacabana. I know. What's a small top? What's a, a small hat? Topic beanie. You can nah. A yarmulke. Topic yarmulke. Topic yarmulke. Oh, that's funny. There you go. That's funny. During Hanukkah, we should have a topic yarmulke. There'll be one, one topic. I know. It'll be like get your instruments get out, Tom Rath. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Maybe you can hire a klezmer band. Okay, let's see. Are there any more things we need to mention for you, for ways they can find you? Mm, nope, I think we covered them all. All right. Well, then, for uh, for me and for this show, you can follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. You can follow the show on Twitter at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F and the show and – I have Facebook pages. Those are easy to find. Um, and please rate this show highly on iTunes if you enjoyed it. And if you didn't, rate it highly anyway because what's it going to hurt you, you know? And leave comments too because that is wonderful and that keeps us uh, high up on the charts because there's an algorithm that no one understands, but it involves lots of comments and lots of stars. And please subscribe to the show if you enjoyed it. Uh, and subscribe to your friends because just what a nice surprise for them. And you can send an email to the show, A-R-I-Y-N-B-F, that's Alison Rosen's new best friend, uh, at adamcrowell.com, A-R-I-Y-N-B-F, at adamcrowell.com. Gary, is there anything I'm forgetting? 
I've given up. Uh, given up I, on remembering I stuff. I don't think so. Okay. Lisa, anything else you want to say? No, but thank you for having me. Thank you. I feel for... like you are my new best friend. Oh, good. It worked. It worked. Success. A testimonial. All right. <laughs> bye, you guys. Have a good week. See you next week. Bye.